Hey, 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 beautiful humans. It's the Juice Queen here, delivering all those ooey-gooey, drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, the juice, shall we? My name is Mila Mandolfo, and my sole mission is to make you feel seen, heard, valued, and validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are. And in that, you're never alone. This is a soft, safe, and sassy place where all of you is welcome. So come on, let's dive in. Welcome back to episode three of the travel series. I'm about three quarters of the way through my backpacking journey abroad, and I am actually recording from my little Grecian studio that I've been at for the last month, which happens to be on a busy street. So disclaimer, if you hear any hustle, bustle, or dog barking, um, cut me some slack. (laughs) So let's dive into the handful of questions that I have for today. The first one is one that I get quite often, which is just general curiosity around vaccination and COVID. So this is constantly changing, if not day-to-day, weekly for sure. I stay up to date um, with my like restrictions and requirements for each country um, through several websites that I can link into the show notes that are updated constantly. This allows me to know if Um, like for example, one of them has a filter or like I could just click that there's no quarantine so I can just avoid places like that. Um, and I have more ease. Um, I also use this and I know I've mentioned it before on here. There's this, um, group on Facebook that I'm in called girls love travel. And I can also use that as a resource to, um, they have a coronavirus subsection where you can ask questions about, hey, how's it going over there? Is it appropriate to travel in this country? And you can get advice and suggestions suggestions and stuff like that. Um, a common misconception, though, is that you have to be vaccinated to travel, which actually isn't the case. Most countries require you to just come with a um, negative test. Some rapid, some PCR, it depends on the Um, It depends on the country and they're, you know, every country's different. So you got to keep up to date. Let's see. Um, Also, I, I fortunately got the virus um, naturally and I also got the Omicron as well. And both times it was quite mild, like, you know, which is common for my age range and um, the recovery for both was one was under five days and the other was under three days. So with that being said, a lot of countries, if not most, also use your recovery status equivalent to a vaccination. Um, So that's something not everybody knows as well. Let's see. You can get tested in every, in every city. It's never been a place where I haven't found a testing site. It's quite common. Um, a difference from while traveling versus the U.S. where I live is that um, it's usually free in the U.S., at least where I'm from, over in Colorado. Um, but out here, I haven't found any free testing sites. They've ranged from like $7 to $30. 
And I actually just found out that um, the next place I'm going to, which is Africa, I'm going to Egypt for my birthday. Um, and the cheapest test over there for PCR is $95, which is, I've never heard of. Seems like quite a lot, but it is what it is. And it's necessary. The thing is, what, what is kind of cool, in my opinion, is that it, like, it tends to be the case now that almost everyone, including the Vax, have to be, um, have to take a negative, like provide a negative test. Um, and I find that to be important because, you know, you can still get and spread the virus, especially the variants, um, even if you have the Vax. And so I did get in my head when I was on my 10-hour flight from the U.S. Uh, to Greece thinking, wow, people who are vaxxed didn't have to get tested and could actually be carrying it right now and be symptomless, et cetera, and we're going to be breathing this same air for 10 hours. So um, some, some countries and places still require the vaccinated to um, take tests as well, especially because the diff there's, this, there's a lot of... Um, because of all the boosters and the different shots, a lot of countries don't accept... If you're not fully vaccinated with, with a two weeks, um, fully vaccinated and up to date, and then two weeks have passed, you're not, you don't count as fully vaccinated in a lot of places. So um, a lot of people who are partially vaxxed are also um, you know, being faced with different requirements as well. Um, I, w I can speak on the fact that when I was here in Greece in August versus now, which is January, there's been a lot of new um, restrictions due to the Omicron variant. So um, it's constantly shifting, and it's important to, if you're going to choose to travel, which, of course, during this time is what I'm trying to say, of course it's going to be a totally different experience than if pre-COVID, um, but it's still possible. And if you are intentional with the places that you choose that um, are taking the right safety measures, and you are as well, and um, you check in ahead of time if it's appropriate or if the places are open and welcoming to travelers, because um, a lot of places, they need their tourism, right? That's something they rely on. So... There's many new factors that go into traveling during a pandemic, and it all comes back to being responsible. All right, next question is, how do I choose my destinations? Honestly, this might sound a little woo-woo, but I go where I feel called to go, and I just honor that. And what I mean by this is, oftentimes I'll just feel um, excited or inspired by a certain place, and then... I'll be thinking about it, and the next day I hear a song about it, or maybe musicians from there, um, or it's referenced on a podcast that I'm listening to, or maybe I'll even overhear people around me talking about that place, or it shows up in a book that I'm reading, things like this. And when that happens, I feel like super confirmed um, in, my, in my desire. And so then I'll just do research about it, um, which will probably only further confirm my, my, my desires. And um, also I choose based off of how much time that I have um, to be able to commit to the travel based off my location. So if I only have um, you know, a weekend or a week 
versus a month or a few months. Um, it's going to vary based off of the time that I'm allotted and how far I'm going to go. So if I can only go, you know, hop on down to um, Central or South America from where I am in North America or, say, Canada, then that's something that I might choose when I have less time available. And if I'm being called to go abroad farther over in Europe or Asia, Africa, things like this, I'm going to have to save that trip to when I have more time. And I do that because um, the, the, the travel distance, of course, like being on a plane for three, four hours versus seven to fucking 13 is going to um, impact my decision. I'm not going to take a 13-hour flight to just be somewhere for a week. Personally, that's just not how I roll. So I, um, that's how I decide is I go based off of instinct and, of course, which is my, which is my right brain, if you want to think of it like that, my intuition. And then left brain is like, all right, well, how much time do we have? How much money do we have? And things like that. Another question I get all the time is, what's your favorite country? And the truth is, I can't answer this. I think every single country has something beautiful and unique to offer. Um, I, and that's the whole reason I love to travel is the diversity in cultures and food and language and scenery. Um, I just could never, ever choose. Um, it kind of reminds me of when someone asked me what my favorite song is, and I'm like, okay, well, what genre and what album? Because <laughs> I can fuck with so many different um, tunes, dude. So it's like I could probably choose one song from every artist in the world, and that's that's what I feel is similar with travel is you really can't um, pick a, f or I can't pick a favorite, um, but I do have you know, like love for maybe some countries a little bit more. Um, but no, I could never choose. Um, maybe I could have a favorite continent at the time that I'm leaning towards, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I remain fascinated and just smitten with, um, Asian culture and, and I mean, Asia is massive. That's the thing is the world is huge. Um, even each country is bigger than we think and filled with so many cities and um, America itself, you know, every 50 state is um, varying, you know, and all, all the, the European Union, like all the European states within the Union are vastly different as well. I, I think that's my whole reason why I'm drawn to see the world in all 200 countries is because they're all so unique. So I can't choose, um, and I look forward to exploring the rest of them. Um, Egypt will be number 32. 32 by 32. That's the goal here. Let's see. So the next question is, how do you stay grounded and balanced while traveling? So if you listen to you know some of my other podcasts, I've mentioned how I have my own little routine and I keep little lists of things that I love to do or things that keep me grounded and balanced. I basically made a little mini travel kit of some of those things that could come with me. Um, inside the kit is 
um, incense, a mala. I have this little mini pouch of intentions that I pull from each day. Um, I have a few crystals in there. Um, I have my mom's ashes in there and photos of like loved ones, things like that. I uh, use those in my little daily routine. I also have playlists that I have specifically for relaxation or the you know morning music, um, wind down music, things like this. And the purpose is so that if I am feeling imbalanced, I can pull from these resources. Um, I also just keep things that I know are um, that make me feel comfortable. So I have a special blanket that is this lightweight travel blanket that's super cozy that I've been traveling with. Unfortunately, I lost it on the bus. So that's really sad. But that's something um, I have the little travel pack that I just mentioned. But I also have things like books, my journal, which is huge for me. It's a big processing tool for me. Um, and multiple pens so that I don't get stressed over when they run out of ink. Um, I also carry... Um, I also carry things like a charging pack. This sounds silly, but in order to keep myself regulated, I need to feel comfort, which means I want to be prepared. So things like a charging pack and extra charging cables so that I, you know, when you're traveling, you, you lose stuff or your battery dies. And I want to stay, um, a way for me to stay balanced is to be prepared. So I keep an extra charging pack around. I, um, have my headphones that are Bluetooth, but I also keep a pair that are with wires so that um, if they, you know, if, if I lose the, if I lose one of the Bluetooth ones or the wireless ones, I mean, um, that I have backup is what I'm trying to say. So I just have little rituals that, um, that are personal to me that I know help in self-regulation. Um, these look different for everybody, so it would be up to you. Um, also, if I'm ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed with something, I try to recognize that in the moment, like, because it usually shows up as, um, symptoms in the body, like, I'm feeling frustrated, my, I'm feeling tense in my chest, I'm, I'm, I'm shorter with people, maybe I'm being ruder, um, I'm usually, maybe I'm hot or I'm cold, things like this where I'm just more stressed out, I, I'll try to be mindful of the sensations in my body so that I can take a step back. Um, and if that does show up, usually what I've been doing along the trip is if I'm like, wow, I'm stressed, I will sit down somewhere wherever I'm at, somewhere kind of nice, like maybe a bench in a park or sitting on the edge of a beach and looking at the sunset and just breathe and say things that I'm grateful for. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm out here living my best life, and whatever it is I'm stressing over, um, probably it's usually some kind of hiccup in the travel experience. Um, like, I'm, I'm trying to check in somewhere and it's not working out, or I can't, you know, connect to Wi-Fi where I need to communicate with my host of the place, or um, I'm missing the bus, or I got on the wrong bus, or things like that. I... If I'm extra stressed, I realize that I'm probably swimming against stream and trying to force something that um, I'm not going with the flow. Let's put it that way. So I need to just 
decompress, relax, take a breather, and then kind of sit with things. Um, I have so many examples of this throughout not just this journey, but of course life as well. But travel really puts it into perspective because we tend to attach to a certain um, outcome or bus or cruise or whatever. Like I will share the time I was on one of the Greek islands and I had to get a ferry to come back to check into my place for the night at a certain time. And at that point, I was able to just do everything the day before. Well, I went to go get my ferry. Everything was booked. And I was stressed. Um, so I, I just got all upset about it as I'm walking back to my hotel. And then I realized, what the fuck? Why are you stressed out? It's literally sunset. You're on an island. It's fucking beautiful out. You better sit your ass down and enjoy this right now and just relax, which I did. Um, and when I went back to my um, hotel and I was decompressing through using self-therapy, which I use in, as a journal, is what I'm referencing there, so I guess kind of talking it out with myself, I realized if I was supposed to be on the fucking ferry, I'd be on the ferry. Let it go. So I let it go, woke up the next morning, kind of more in a chill vibe. I was like, look, if anything, I have more time to enjoy this island. Like, let's vibe. And so I went to a leisurely breakfast, and I, I, I was writing my journal there as well, and I basically got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm cool with this. I just let it go. Just whatever. Let's just let it go. And then I decided to stop at the, the um, uh, what do you call it? like the travel office one more time, and they're like, actually, we have a seat that just opened up, a cancellation. <laughs> So, of course, as soon as you give it up and as soon as you let go is when the universe comes back. And I was like, all right, word, you learned the lesson. Now, like, get your backpack. Let's get the fuck out of here. So I was able to get the next ferry, which still got me where I needed to go at, the, at, at just the right time. Um, but I feel like the universe likes to test our control and to test our energy. It's like, okay, so are you willing to vibe or are you going to be in a fit if you don't get your way? And so um, she was testing me. She was testing me at the beginning of the trip to be like, I know it's been a while since we've been backpacking, so I just want to fuck with you a bit. <laughs> Next question is, do you book in advance? <laughs> Which is kind of funny with the story I just shared. Because I have a lot of time um, on this long-term trip I'm on, if this were like, you know, a weekend or maybe even a week, I'd have probably more of a set schedule. But because I just have all this time that I, you know, saved up for, I prefer to not plan ahead. I'm talking like minimal because you never know, and this I've learned from experience as well, if you book a spot and then you arrive there and it's not what it seemed online at all and you hate your experience but you can't get a refund, it's better to go somewhere and then extend your trip at that location if they have space. Now, it does suck if you want to extend your trip at a certain location and they don't have space. But for me, I'm always just trusting, all right, if I was supposed to be here, there'd be space. And then I just move on to the next spot. Um, this, this also helps just generally with different cities. Like if I plan my trip, okay, I'm going to be here for five days, then there for five days, then there for five days. 
what if I fall in love with a city and I want to stay longer, which is what happened to me when I went to Lisbon. Um, I had only planned, in fact, on all the forums that I was in, everyone was just raving about Porto. So I thought I was going to just be obsessed with Porto and I didn't even really think about Lisbon much. Well, fortunate for me, the only flight I could get into was Lisbon and I fell in love literally within an hour of being there. I was like, whoa, I could move here and I've never felt that way before. I loved it so much that I extended my stay. I left to go to Sintra, which is only like a half hour away. I was there for three days and I had to come back to Lisbon because I was not done with it. I kind of have like a personal motto of like, if you're not exhausted with the place yet, um, stay as long as you can if you have the time because you don't want there to be that lingering um, yearning. Although I still have that feeling with Lisbon, it really touched my heart. But then when I got to Porto and don't come for me, I prefer Lisbon over Porto. But had I listened to everyone else and started in Porto, would I even have had enough time to leisurely spend in Lisbon, a place that I ended up falling in love with? So um, there's pros and cons to planning and not planning. I will say that if you're, um, if you are doing it like me, which is just totally going with the flow, you do have to dedicate more time of your actual trip looking shit up. So you have to carve out time to look up routes and um, hotels or Airbnbs and stuff like that. Um, find the perfect one um, and 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 transportation getting there your flights and all that and that does take up not only time but energy and it could be stressful and that's another thing um, that I'll reference around stress is sometimes I'm you know really attached to the fact that I want to go to a certain place at a certain time in a certain way and stay at a certain place but it's not flowing or like it gets booked or I can't find the right um bus timetable or something like this. And I just get all like in my head and kind of frazzled. And that's one of those, ex one of those experiences where I'm like, wait, you've literally been here on your computer for an hour and a half making yourself stressed out. Obviously it's not the time to do this. Like it's not flowing. You're swimming against dream. Let's just, you know, enjoy the city. So what's great is this, this is another example. I'll go and I'll just like get back into my flow and just enjoy the city and I'll get an ice cream and I'll go see some ruins or whatever. And then the next time that I log in and try to buy the flight or book the, the room, all of a sudden there's new flights <laughs> that are way better options and new rooms that weren't posted yet on Airbnb that are way better than what I was looking at before. And so for me, that's just like little blessings, little blessings and lessons of if it feels overwhelming or stressful and it's not flowy, there's probably a reason why we need to let go. We need to just let it go and vibe out for a while. That tends to be the answer for me every freaking time. Um, the next question is, how do you find accommodations? So I use pretty much two different apps. Airbnb is, as you know, um, is more of homestays or people renting out their apartments or their houses and, and things like this, um, which of course I love, but they do have a bunch of fees. You know what I'm saying? And um, I have used it. I have used it a bunch and I love it. Um, but perhaps you're looking for, and I love it for um, like 
for example, my long-term stay right now, I found on Airbnb and it has a kitchen and it has all the things that I need. You know what I'm saying? To live here for six weeks. But if I'm just somewhere for a few days um, and I don't, and I know I'm going to be eating out the whole time, stuff like that, and I just need minimal accommodations, I use the app Agoda, which gives you hostels and hotels. Um, both of them have great rating systems and reviews um, and filter- filters that I can, you know, put all my needs on there. Um, so one's Agoda and one's Airbnb. There's also there's also Hostel World um, and Booking.com is a good one as well. So I just generally compare. Um, for me personally, I compare Agoda and Airbnb and see what feels best for me in those certain locations and prices and hosts and reviews and stuff like that. Next question is something you hate. <laughs> something you hate about travel. Um, I, I would say what I hate the most is packing packing the pack. Um, so what's awesome about longer pit stops. So like I just said, I've been in Greece now for, I think four or five weeks, which is the longest pit stop in the whole trip. The best part about staying somewhere longer term is that you don't have to constantly unpack and pack, which is something that I loathe especially because if you're living out of one backpack like myself and all of your clothing is going into compression bags like myself and you have to pack for multiple seasons because you're traveling between summer and fall and winter, there's a lot going on. Um, I aimed to be um, in hot weather for winter but again, due to the very variables of COVID and whatnot, um, there was border closures and pivots within my um, travel, quote, plans. Um, I knew that I was going to have to be flexible. So there's been times where um, I've had to purchase different types of clothing um, and prep for different weather. Um, so I've accumulated all this different shit and packing becomes, I mean, it's, even without all that, it's already annoying to um, pack and unpack the bag. Luckily for me, when I met up with one of my besties in Turkey, she was on her way back to America. And FYI, most international flights like that give you two free checked bags. So I asked her if that was true for her flight, which it was, and she didn't know. So she had an extra free bag. And when we connected, I ended up unloading a bunch. First of all, I gave her a half my stuff um because she's also traveling and um maybe she wanted some of my things because I also like to pack if you've listened to the previous travel pod I like to pack things that are that I love but I'm ready to let go of so just in case I need to let go of them I can so I gave her some of those things but then then other things that I still wanted to keep and hold on to and I just needed to shed due to um the seasons she was able to take back with me in a separate bag, which was so, oh my God, thank you, Nikki. <laughs> um, that my bag is significantly lighter now, which actually I haven't even been able to celebrate that much because I went from Turkey to Greece where I've been planted for those going to be six weeks. But um, in about a week or so, I'll be back on the road 
with my much lighter pack, which I'm super happy about. Um, so yeah, the tediousness of packing is something I hate, but of course it's all part of it. And, um, that's actually why I choose to stay somewhere for minimum of three days so that I can feel comfy enough to open the pack, hang some stuff up and kind of feel grounded for a little bit. Even though three days doesn't sound like a lot when you're backpacking, it, it is. I'd rather stay somewhere in one accommodation for at least three nights than toggle between a bunch, even if they are, there's a bunch of cool options. I want to find the best spot and stay there for as long as I possibly can. Um... Let's see, is there anything else that I don't really vibe with? Something that's annoying as well is despite how many times I go into the bank and have them make notes about my travels, every single time I'm abroad, I run into like extra security levels, which is great, but sometimes my card gets blocked while I'm abroad and it's happened to me where my card has been shut down. I don't have access to my funds multiple times. Um, and thank God that I have enough cash to get me by for a few days when that happens. So that's a tip is to definitely always keep some kind of cash on you at all times, like deep in your bag. So in case of moments like this. You're usually using your card at an ATM for that reason. So you want to have some kind of backup cash somewhere in your bag for moments like these. Um, I, this time around, have a travel credit card to avoid this um, because you don't even need to tell them that you're traveling because it's a travel card. And I've been able to use it all over the world so far. But I have ran into trying to use it um, trying to use it like for online purchases and then they want to text my American phone number to confirm that it's me but I have a different number because when I'm traveling I use a sim card for the country that I'm in and so I can't sometimes even do the double um, authentication process and just there's a lots of hiccups to consider when you're using cards abroad um, so it's important to always have some kind of backup cash. Oakley dokley. Well, I, these are the questions. We did it, folks. Um, I would love to hear if you have any more. Send them my way. Hit me up on the socials. That's where I gather these questions. And I should probably do another little Q&A on my stories to gather up the next round. Um, if you want to support me, please find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and just give me a follow. If you are resonant, maybe share. Um, or if you are feeling extra generous, give me a rating or review. That means so much to me. I appreciate you all. Until next time. Bye.